So I'm going to begin with a question. Do you have a favorite place to eat? Is there some place, like if you could just go and pick any place here in Pensacola, or maybe you're getting ready to travel, and you're just thinking, boy, if I could only have this place to go to, this would be the place. And uh, for me here locally, I, you know, I love good barbecue. So if there's ever a place that I'm going to go to and to be able to enjoy some good barbecue, it's going to be Hot Spot Barbecue. And it's really nestled really close to Krispy Kreme. Uh, and that, that's what makes it so much uh, of a great place to go. Uh, you can get dinner and dessert, you know. Uh, get your vitamin O after you get your vitamin BBQ. So, I mean, it, it works really well. Um, I love barbecue. love that. When we travel, whenever we travel, and, and now this is hard because you really have to go the distance if you're going to be able to find one of these, but it's in and out I love going to In-N-Out. I'm originally from California, and so there are some things that have just not left my California mindset and my, uh, my love for that area. And so I would love an In-N-Out burger to establish itself right here in Pensacola. It's like, come on, folks, let's start a prayer meeting right now. Let's get that going. Um, but yeah, a, a good restaurant, you know, is fun to go to, to enjoy. Now, I don't know, when you go to one of those sit-down places, you know, they hand you the menu, you know, are you one of those uh, people that you just know what you want right away? Or are you one of those people that have to take their time? Okay. Um, when we go and we sit down together as a family and we go to the uh, restaurant, we sit down and we get our menus, you know, usually I'm pretty quick. I, I look around and I'm a meat and potatoes guy. So if it's, you know, hamburger and fries, steak and fries, steak and potatoes, something like that, I, I'm usually there. Uh, the, the place I struggle the most is Olive Garden whenever we go there because I, I'm like, oh, there's really no meat and potatoes here. You know, it's like, come on. Um, but Michelle is not like me. I'm quick. She's that indecisive order. Okay. She sits there and goes, ooh, ooh, what do I want? You know, and so she'll work through the menu and stuff. And I'm like, come on. She's coming. The waitress is coming back. You know, come on. We got to get the order in. You know, I'm always wanting to just, you know, keep things moving. And she's like, a few more minutes. And I'm like, I'm ready. And she's like, a few more minutes. And so we go back and forth. It's kind of fun to do this. And I've learned over the years. Okay, we've been married, you know, uh, 21 years. So, I, you know, I've learned. You know, I, I have understand. I'm like, okay. So the waitress comes back. Do you need a few minutes? Yes. Yes. We need about 10. You know, I mean, it's going to be a little bit before we get there. And, uh, but eventually we get there and get our food and it's a lot of fun. You know, life is, uh, is uh, filled with choices for us. We have choices all the time in this life. You know, choices we make throughout our day and some choices are greater than others. I mean, there are choices greater than what restaurant you eat at. Uh, some choices end up affecting us for the rest of our life. Uh, one of those choices happened for my mom. Uh, she was watching uh, TV and stumbled across Rejoice in the Lord. And this was back in the mid-90s, and she found that, and she started watching. At that time, it was uh, Pastor Shetler was speaking. And as he was preaching, she was getting convicted. And so the choice was to send me back here to Pensacola Christian College to go as a student. I, I thought my parents were just trying to get rid of me, living in California, send me as far away as they possibly could here in the States. That's what I thought. Uh, but my mom told me, she said, this is the place I want you to go. This pastor here, if he can convict me, I know he's going to be able to convict you. And so it was the start of something for me. It was one choice. It seems kind of small, my mom staying to watch this TV preacher. But look what it has done for me. I came back here to school. 
I graduated from here. I met my wife, Michelle, here. Uh, the Lord prepared me I, I, uh, to go into ministry. I left, I came back, and now I'm serving here on staff at Campus Church. I look back at just that one decision and the impact that it had for the rest of my life and how it changed everything for me. You know, these choices that we make, they can change, it can solidify the direction we're going in our lives. So therefore, our choices, good or bad, they really pave uh, the pathway to our future. And if you will, if we reduce this down, if we really consider it, I, I see choices as falling into really two different categories. And that is simply either uh, to love or obey God or despise or disobey God. When it comes to our choices that we're making, I'm not talking about necessarily those restaurant level choices, okay? I'm talking about those greater choices, the ones that impact us for the rest of our life. But I don't know where you're at with your spiritual walk with Jesus Christ today. I don't know if maybe you're here today at Campus Church and you're a seeker. You're, you're one that's curious about Jesus, curious about the Bible, curious about this church. And so you've come to attend this service this morning to just satisfy that curiosity. You may be a new Christian. You may be growing. You may be excited about your faith, ready for the next big decision that God would have, the next choice, so that you might be able to see God continue the work that he has started in you. You may have been saved for quite some time. You may have gotten saved as a little child. And here you are, you're well on in your journey with the Lord. And maybe it's time that you need to make a decision. Maybe it's time, if you will, to get up off the bench and get into the game. Maybe it's time for you to sit there and say, you know what, I've been doing this for so long and I think it's time the Lord wants me to, to move over here to get involved in church, to go out and share the gospel with others, to do something for him. I need to make a decision. You know, God has given us the freedom to choose to love him or despise him, to go his way or to go our way. He's given us the freedom. And I do believe that loving God with my entire being is the most important goal in this life. I don't think there could be any greater goal than that. And therein for us lies a fundamental truth that in life there are only two ways to live, to love God and follow his way, or to despise God and go my own way. I'd like for you to take your Bibles this morning, and if you would, open them up to the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 24. It is rather interesting this morning, Dr. Troutman went to the book of Daniel, uh, Dan Troutman, Daniel Troutman, and Josh Burdick, or Joshua Burdick, is going to the book of Joshua. I don't know, we're going to our namesakes today. So it's rather interesting to hear this morning. But the most fundamental consideration for our choices to love God with our entire being, uh, we really need to make sure that our choices align with that important goal, to love and obey God. And whatever your next choice is, big or small, I do believe what we're going to look at here today is going to be an encouragement and a help to you in making that next decision. So let me give a little bit of a background of what's going on here. This is the end of the book of Joshua. They have gone through the conquest. They have fought, you know, those battles 
uh, in the land, you know, battled Jericho, Ai, and the rest of them that followed. Uh, they have gone through, they have established themselves in the land, they have divided it amongst the tribes of Israel. And now Joshua is at the end of his life. He's beginning to uh, give some parting words to the people. And he's going to do so in a rather interesting way because he's really going to, he's going to challenge them. He's really going to push them to make sure that they're going to stay committed to this goal of loving God with their entire being. So he's really going to be pushing on this rather hard. And we're going to see that here this morning. But what we'll do is I'm going to begin in verse 14 of Joshua chapter 24. And I'm going to read down to uh, verse 25. Joshua chapter 24 and beginning verse 14. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage, and which did those great signs in our sight, and preserved in us in all the way wherein we went, and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites which dwelt in the land. Therefore, we will also serve the Lord, for he is our God. If you let me stop right there, I just think back to Takiyah's song, Turn Around and See What the Lord Has Done. This is what they were doing right here, folks. Turning around and seeing what God had done. Continuing on there, in verse 19, look at Joshua's response. This is rather interesting here. You have this people that says, I want to come forward. I want to get right. I want to do the right thing. You know, they're all excited. Hands are raised. They're ready to go. And Joshua said unto the people, ye cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you. After that, he hath done you good. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, nay, but we will serve the Lord. Verse 22, And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourselves, that ye have chosen you the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore, put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you, and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. And the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God we will serve, and his voice we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day, and set them a statute and an ordinance in Shechem. Here it is at the conclusion of Joshua's leadership, of his time of leading Israel to the conquest and through the promised land to get to this point. He presents to them this challenge. Choose you this day. 
We're going to take that short phrase, and that is going to be our outline this morning. That's going to be the focus. If you're taking notes today, you just need to write that down. If you are accustomed to writing or notating in your Bible, I would encourage you to underline. Choose you this day. We're going to begin looking at the first word of that phrase, the word choose. Choose. What Joshua does here is he gives to the people a proper measure of what that means when we're saying that we're going to choose to love God, to choose to serve Him. Okay, this is the proper measure. And he mentions some key words here. He talks about fear, talks about serve, he talks about this putting away. And what he's doing is he's really echoing his predecessor's words, Moses. Moses said this to Israel at the end of his time, In Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19, he says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And Moses said this, therefore choose life. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Hey, at the end of his time, Moses was sitting there preaching to the people, giving this message. And when he did, he told them, look, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Choose to love God. Choose to serve God. Choose to go his way. And Joshua comes in and he's doing the same thing. He's echoing those words. And consider this about Moses. You know, our life is the sum of our choices. Every day we're choosing. Do we love God? Do we love self? And in that biggest choice of his life, Moses viewed that choice as being either for God or for Christ or against God, against Christ. Hebrews tells us this, by faith Moses, when he was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the approach of Christ's greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Here you have Moses choosing. Choosing the riches of Christ over the riches of this world. Esteeming them, considering them of higher value, of greater worth. It's amazing to me how often we will look at what Christ has and we put it down. We don't esteem it like we ought to. We don't consider it like we should. This book that has been given to us, we talked a little bit earlier in the service about Memorial Day, about the men and women who have given their lives in the service of our country here in the United States. There are men and women who have died to ensure that this word was available to us. There are people who have given their lives to the translation of this book. There's so much here for us to learn. God has ensured that this book would continue. Heaven and earth shall not pass. His word would not pass. And here it is, Joshua is coming to them and he is reminding this nation as they're about to embark on the enjoyment of the promised land, that land flowing with milk and honey, that land with those huge clusters of grapes and all the other wonderful uh, fruit of it, Joshua's reminding them, 
Choose. Choose. He appeals in verse 14, if you look there, he appeals for an honest and faithful love for God. He says, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. The fear of the Lord, this reverence. This here is this idea of giving God that which is due. It's looking to him and pleasing God to the fullest extent that we can. When we fear the Lord, our desire is to please Him. Much like as we did growing up as children, we wanted to please our parents. I love to come and bring a good grade home to my parents and show it to them and show my mom, my dad, and they would be like, yeah, good job, that's great, hard work, you know. You got a star there, wonderful, smiley face. All those things I was so excited about. But did you ever get one of those grades that you weren't that excited about? Oh, you, you had that, and there was like some teacher's note on there. You had to get it signed. You're like, do I, do I sit there and forge my parents' name? You know, do I do that? You know, those thoughts start going through there. Why? Because you don't want to show them that. You don't want to displease them. See, when we talk about the fear of the Lord, we're talking about this great desire in us to please God to the fullest extent that we can. And so Joshua is appealing to them and he's saying, look, we need an honest and faithful love for God. He says, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. Sincerity, that honesty, that straightforward attitude, no pretense. Faithfulness. Why I love faithfulness. You love people that you can count on, that you can trust, that you can lean on. I love the fact that no matter what I go through in life, God remains faithful. He's always faithful to me, even when I am not faithful to him. Joshua comes with this other uh, appeal to the people, and he says there in verse 14, put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. This idea of putting away has this idea of throwing away the competition, okay? Get rid of them. Basically to take out the trash, if you will. Okay? Uh, my boys, that's one of the chores they get assigned on their rotation. They have to take out the trash. And that's exactly what Josh was telling Israel. Take out the trash. Get rid of those things that are competing for God. And this is a problem for us today because for us today, uh, we, we sit there and we really uh, try to... Uh, make things sound better than what they are. We try to say, well, we don't have idols today. I, I, honestly, I seriously doubt anybody here has a, a little statue at home that they refer to as some idol. I, I, I seriously doubt anybody here today has that. And yet it's interesting to me that we have this belief that there are no idols in our lives, And I agree, we may not have those stone, those wooden statues, but we have conveniently packaged our gods into more desirable and easily justifiable things. We will bow to the culture, to worldly thinking. Popularity, fame, fortune, all those things, we pursue them. Our love for them is greater than our love for God. That's trash. It's time to take out the trash, those desires, to get rid of them. And again, we worship at the feet of Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Think about it. 
Go to your screen time. Go look and see how much time you spend in those areas. Most of us would shudder to do that. We're like, I turn that off. I don't want that notification. You know, I don't want to know. But folks, where is the balance? Is it consuming you so much that it distracts you from serving the Lord? We are called to get rid of those things that would compete with our affection for Him. We give our time, our money, our energy to the temporal rather than the eternal. And if it's competing for God's rightful place in your life, we should remove it. We should throw it out. You know, throwing out those idols may mean deleting apps on our phones. Throwing out those idols may be getting rid of subscriptions in our home. From Netflix, from Hulu, from Disney Plus, whatever the case may be. If it's consuming so much of our time, maybe it's time to step away from it and throw it out. There are so many other idols in our lives that can, or things in, that can become idols in our lives. And so, whatever takes the place of God in my life that may draw me away, it's time to take the trash out. Time to put those things away. It's time to draw that line in the sand and say, no more, nothing will replace my love for God. And that's what Joshua is calling for these people, is appealing for them to have this honest, this faithful love to the Lord. Well, choose you this day. We looked at the word choose. Let's look at the word you. Uh, here he's saying again, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. We have that understood you. You put away the gods which your father served. And if it seem evil unto you, in verse 15, to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve. And then he goes on to say, but as for me and my house, at the end of verse 15, we will serve the Lord. Well, there's this term that uh, now that I have two sons that are 18, I have two adult sons now, I know I don't look that old. And some of you are like, man, he looks really good for his age. And I do. I do look really good. So I appreciate that confirmation. Uh, but as I'm sitting there and I'm just thinking about it, I mean, I've got two adult sons now. Both have graduated from high school. Uh, both are um, pursuing college. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about it. I'm getting to the point now where we start having those conversations about adulting, okay? Uh, you know, being able to do things like pay bills, you know, oh, isn't that exciting? Some, uh, some of you that are college students here are like, oh, I don't like bills, you know? And I'm like, I understand. I still don't like bills and I'm 44, okay? I still don't like them. But you have all these features of this term adulting that we start reminding our, our children as they're growing up and we start telling them about. Um, and we say, hey, adulting, you know, you can live like an adult, you paid a bill on time. Oh, that's good, okay? I, I cooked for myself. You're like, wonderful, you know? Um, I did the laundry. It's about time. It's been 18 years, okay? Um, I admitted I was wrong. I made a sensible choice. I put away my phone. I matched my socks, you know? I took only one selfie today, okay? <laughs> that's starting to get to the adulting right there, okay? You know, it's interesting that there's this call for a personal maturity from Joshua. Y'all, it, it's time for some of us to grow up. It's time for some of us to have a faith that is mature. We sit there so often and, and we are um, so slow in our growth with Christ. 
the people here, they responded to Joshua's words. And if you look there at verse 16, this is what they said. And the people answered said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. You can see their maturity. You can see that, hey, no, whoa, whoa, Joshua. No, this is not us. Put away this trash. Put away these gods. This isn't us. We, we, God forbid that we would forsake, forsake God. God forbid that would happen and we would go to serve other gods? No, and, and again, Joshua goes and this appeal that he was giving to them produced the effect that he was looking for. He wanted them to make this commitment. Then he challenged them again in verses 19 through 20 with the hyperbole of sitting there saying uh, to the people, uh, verse said verse 19 saying and Joshua said unto the people you cannot serve the Lord he's trying to say you can't do it you ever do that to your kids you ever look at them say I bet you can't or maybe a friend or something I bet you can't do that when we were uh, um, on our honeymoon there was this creek that I was uh looking at my wife I said I bet I can jump over that and she's like no I bet you can't you know so we're going back and forth and I'm like watch me and there's this picture of me flying through the air and attempting to reach the other side. And I, I, I made it, okay? I came close to falling into the creek, but I made it. You know, you ever have one of those moments where you're sitting there and you're just like, you know, hey, I bet you. I bet you can't. Here Joshua say, no, you can't serve God. And the people are sitting there, probably incredulous, sitting there and they're like, Joshua, no. We just said, God forbid that we should forsake him to serve other gods. And he did all this for us. We turned around and saw what God had done, and we're sitting there saying, hey, we're not going to leave that guy. We're not going to leave God. As they go on to sit there and look at this, Joshua is wanting them to wholly commit, wanting them to be all in. And he reminds them something about God, that he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. You know, he does not like when his people, when we as his people, look at this book and then we turn over to Facebook and we give our time to that. He doesn't like the fact that when we sit there and we give what should be his place in our life to something or someone else. He is a jealous God. The people replied to all of this here. Again, Joshua was wanting to caution the people to not speak carelessly, not to just make this half-hearted commitment. But the people replied back to Joshua in verse 21, and they said, nay, nay, but we will serve the Lord. And then they conclude there in verse 24, and, so the, and the people said unto Joshua, the Lord our God will we serve, and his voice will we obey. There was such a, a resolute spirit here amongst the people. Uh, together they were in unison. We will not forsake them. God forbid. Nay, but we will serve. The Lord our God we will serve and his voice we will obey. You know, self-chosen, godly goals are a mark of spiritual maturity. Self-chosen, godly goals are a mark of spiritual maturity. The wise choose a good name. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. King David said he chose the way of truth. I have chosen the way of truth. 
Thy judgments have I laid before me. Mary chose that good part. Paul chose Christ. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Self-chosen godly goals mark spiritual maturity. And self-chosen godly goals reveal a spiritual thirst. They reveal a spiritual thirst. Last night, uh, my youngest son, he's three, and uh, so Judah was in bed, and he does this familiar thing that I'm sure those of you parents with children can recall, or if you have one at this level at three, you understand. They do this call for water, okay? They sit there, and it's funny. It's like they're parched at night. You know, they're like a little sponge trying to soak up the water. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. And you're sitting there going, dude, okay, no. All right, you're going to bed. We're not going to give you anything, okay? No drink, no water. You're fine. You've had a drink before you went to bed. You don't need any more. You know, but they do this. I'm thirsty. And we know it's a little ploy. It's just a little game that they do to uh, uh, try to uh, keep them uh, up later. It's interesting to me, I wonder, as the people of God, as the children of God, are we thirsty for him? Do we look up to God and say, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. I, I want to know more about you. I've just got this, this desire, this spiritual thirst. You know, Rahab, in the beginning of the book of Joshua, the Israels were being asked to do what Rahab had done. She had this spiritual thirst, and she believed God. She embraced this God. She embraced him. By doing so, she rejected all others. She said, no more of anything else that's offered here. She came after the true God because she had that spiritual thirst. There's a wonderful hymn. Thomas Chisholm, he wrote this. Uh, he was converted to Christianity at the age of 26. Um, a decade later, he began writing hymns. And his aim in writing was to incorporate as much scripture as possible and to avoid any flippant or sentimental themes. And that was his desire. And he wrote this hymn that says, Oh, to be like thee. Oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer. This is my constant longing and prayer. Gladly I'll forfeit all of earth's treasures, Jesus, thy perfect likeness to wear. Oh, to be like thee, oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer, pure as thou art. Come in thy sweetness, come in thy fullness, stamp thine own image deep on my heart. That was Thomas's desire. He had such a spiritual thirst for God. Joshua is appealing to them, and he is trying to see how thirsty these people are for God Almighty, how faithful they're going to be. He's looking at them and saying, this is your decision, your choice. I wonder if often some of us are like this, oh, to be like me. Oh, to be like me, blessed self. This is my proud longing and plea. 
Gladly I'll forfeit all of heaven's treasures, my own perfect likeness to wear. Boy, what a shame that would be to be like me. God is the one that we are called to be like. He is the one that we should spiritually thirst for. The people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. Choose you this day. This day. Let's look. This is the pivotal moment for God's people. Joshua here, he has them all gathered together. They're all gathered around listening to him as he begins to give this message, his final words to the people of Israel. And I would submit to you that today is a pivotal moment for you. For in this day, you must choose the way you will go. You must choose what you will do with the message that you're hearing, with the truth that's being presented, with the word of God. And the only option is for the children of God is to serve the Lord, to love Him with our entire being. And that message needs to be heard by every generation. Every generation needs to hear this message. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Every day we're going to have to make that choice. Every day we're going to have to choose between serving God or, or serving ourselves. And this has been a pivotal moment for many in Scripture. Go back to Adam and Eve. They were given uh, the choice to freely choose, to freely eat. There's one tree. All the other trees were available to them, but there was one tree that God told them no. And yet they disobeyed. And look what happened. The curse came. Suffering, pain, death. Sin, wickedness, disease, all of that stemmed from their choice. We look at Abraham. He's there, and in that pivotal moment for him, in Genesis 22, the Bible tells us that God was testing Abraham. And he said unto Abraham, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee in the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I tell thee of pivotal moment in the life of Abraham. Would he choose God or would he choose his own way? God, I can't offer my son. God was testing the love of Abraham. And Abraham chose God's way. I think of Samson. Samson said, you know, my pleasure or honor my parents, what am I going to choose? Am I going to choose God's way to honor my parents or am I going to choose my way and do my own thing? In Judges 14, we read, Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. Then his father and his mother said unto them, is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brother and of among all my people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. He chose his own way. We know the end of Samson. We know uh, what happened to him. I think another pivotal moment here is the, the two thieves at the, the uh, at Jesus' uh, crucifixion. 
And really it depicts a, a beautiful picture of the two ways, the two choices that we have. We can go our way, which would be the thief that sat there and cursed Christ. Or we could be the, like the thief that goes and he confessed Christ as Lord. He trusted him. There's the two ways. Are we going to love him or refuse him? See, now is the time. It's not tomorrow. It's not the next service. It's it's not sometime down the road. Joshua presented this to the people and he said, this day, now is the time. He lays out to Israel the choice. He did not threaten them. He didn't try to coerce them. The choice was simple. And he set this by his own example. He told the people, said, look, whatever you may do, whatever you may do, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, we're going to face this. This is going to be a part of our daily battle. And it's not thinking about the past or future, but rather this present moment. Knowing that this day, the present moment, will soon become a past moment. And your future will take shape. Imagine with me for a moment that if there was something you know you need to put away. You needed to take out the trash. Imagine if you gave God back that place that he rightfully deserves in your life. That you put him back in that place of preeminence in, in your life and say, God, I will not. God forbid that I forsake you. That I move you from this spot. I will love you with my entire being. I am going to seek to please you to the fullest extent that I can. What if you did that today? What if you did that? You know what? I, I want you to know that in that choosing that you have the Lord with you to help you, but God also gives us others to help us. God was speaking to Israel and he was talking to them and he was letting them know that uh, his people have teachers. There would be people uh, that would be encouraging them along their way. This is found in Isaiah 30 verses 20 through 21 and that would help them with their choices. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner anymore. But thine eyes shall see thy teachers, and thy eyes shall hear a word behind thee, saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand, when you turn to the left, uh, for Israel, they would hear their teachers. No, 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 no. This is the way. Walk ye in it. This is what Joshua was doing. This is what he was doing. You know, we need to be listening. We need to be uh, hearing. And whenever we're tempted, we need to remember that there is a way that we are to walk and walk according to that way. And again, I submit to you, this is a choice that you must make alone. You must decide what you're going to do with Jesus Christ. I mentioned earlier, you may be here at Campus Church this morning and you're a seeker. You've never started that relationship with Jesus Christ. You have never uh, uh, received Jesus as your Savior. You know, Jesus Christ did something wonderful for everyone in this world. The Bible tells us that he died on the cross 
for our sins, that he paid the penalty of our sins. We had transgressed, we had broken God's law, and we deserved a penalty for that, for our sin, and that penalty is death. But Jesus Christ took our penalty. He died on the cross. He paid the penalty for our sins. The Bible tells us that he was buried and that he rose again. And the Bible says, for whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, this may be the day, this day may be your day to begin that relationship with Jesus Christ. Today may be the day where you say, you know what, I'm done seeking. I found what I was looking for. And in this, Lord, I choose this day that Jesus Christ would be my Savior. And I will begin to love him with my entire heart. For the rest of us that are Christians, that are saved. Elijah stood before the people of Israel at that time. On the Mount Mount Carmel. And he said this in 1 Kings 18, verse 21. And Elijah came unto all the people and said this. How long halt ye between two opinions? Basically uh, stumbling back and forth. said, if the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And you know what the people said? The people in Joshua's day, God forbid. No, we're going to serve him. We're going to obey him. You know what the people did here in Elijah's day? This is what they did. And the people answered him, not a word. See, this is your moment. Are you going to halt between two opinions? Stumble back and forth, oh, maybe, 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 maybe not. Or are you going to have that resolute spirit and say, God forbid that I should forsake him. The people here in Joshua, they chose to serve the Lord. How will you choose? Choose you this day.